All right, so on today's show, I am with the most amazing Ashton. Welcome, Ashton. Thank you, Tanya. Hi, I'm glad to be here. She is an awesome mindset and motivational coach. And today we are going to help you out um, with discussing external factors that affect our health and our food decisions. So if you've ever felt, and gosh, who hasn't, but if you ever felt stressed from your job or maybe in a relationship, an argument, family, drama, and you ever like end up just like eating your emotions and just, oh, it's on. Like that's how you handle the stress. And then it's like, once you get started, you're like, screw it. I'm just gonna keep eating. If you've ever been that way, know that that's normal and that you can break those habits and handle stress and those environmental triggers in a healthier way. It's possible. I didn't think it was, but it actually is. And so that's something that me and Ashton are gonna talk about today is how do we overcome those environmental triggers, those anxieties that, that forces us to make those food decisions or soak up all of our energy that we're focused on that, that we don't get to work out or work out because we just, we're too tired. We're mentally drained. So how do we change that where we feel good, even during stressful situations, we make good decisions and how do we overcome that? So we're going to go over that today. So Ashton, for people who are uncertain about like what are environmental triggers what's what does that actually mean to give people more clarification so an environmental trigger or you could say environmental anxieties is basically everything around you that may or may not interact mm -hmm. with you so everything outside of you everything outside of your physical being <clears throat> so for example some things that could probably be an environmental trigger for somebody on their weight loss journey it could be a number of different things. You know, the list is different for everyone. It could be um, specific family members or friends, um, certain foods that just kind of trigger that little thing inside of you that makes you want to do bad things. <laughs> Social media, work situations. Um, sometimes the weather can be an environmental trigger for people. If it's a rainy day, then there's not a lot of energy the gym, uh, the number on the scale, the number on your clothing. Uh, so there's a lot of different factors that can go into it. And like I said, it's different for everyone. So that's kind of a, an intro, if you will, for environmental triggers. <laughs> I love that. And, and, and that's what I want to break down is whatever's triggering you, know that you can change that and you do have control over that and you choose how you want to react to that trigger. It might take some work. It's not going to be one and done and you get it over with right away, but there are things that you can do about it. So I'm excited to dive in today's topic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, Tanya, on your weight loss journey, were there certain triggers that you can remember when you were overweight that just, you know, would grind your gears that you had to work past? Uh, yes, sister. Um, <laughs> Okay, my top three. You ready? Okay. My first one would be the comparison game um, because we're women and we all hang out together and we all talk about fitness and health and good golly, if I heard somebody weighing less than me or drop another pant size, I would <laughs> just get so irritated because I'm like, I'm working hard tracking and drinking water like a fish and this person's, you know, already buying new clothes and, um, you know, just making these significant changes in their body and PRs at the gym. And I'm just 
starting off and I could barely hold a 10 second plank and I'm like, good mm -hmm. golly, like it would, that would drain me. Um, that was an environmental trigger. Cause I'm like, what's the point? I'm working hard. It's going to take forever. My body, you know, it's, it's not going as fast as this person. I have a slower metabolism. It was just like, Oh, the cycle was awful. Um, my next one was the scale. If that scale did not say what I wanted it to say when I thought about it this morning, that would trigger me into, oh great, I'm up a pound. Did awesome with tracking. I'm up a pound, screw it. Mm. That was a common term was screw it. And so that would cause me to be like, whatever, I'm just eating my breakfast pizza with my donuts and my hot cup of milk with a dash of coffee. I am just sticking <laughs> it. Um, that would be my second one. Uh, the scale. And finally, the third one, um, an environmental trigger was actually in the environment was the gym. I used to be a part of it and then I got out of it and because I barely used it. Um, that was an expensive one hour gym session. It was like three grand to step on that treadmill for 10 minutes. Uh, so that scared me to sign up again for uh, the gym because I'm like, great, I'm just going to spend more money on something I don't go. But it was intimidating. All the mirrors, all the people, they know what they're doing, how to work out. And I'm like, oh my God, like I know I need to be in here, but that would trigger some anxiety in me to uh, just eat differently um, or reward myself because I'm like, okay, I survived the gym. Let's eat some pizza. Wendy's number six, super size. Me. Let's go. Uh, they already knew me. They're like, oh, Tanya's here. Let's just get her number seven. She likes that spicy chicken. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just kidding. But those would be probably my top three that I struggled with that caused me to want to give up or wanted me to eat more. Yeah. Yeah. That's really common for a lot of people. Um, and, and you're talking about that mindset of just, oh, screw it. You know, that's so easy to do, you know, being in a situation where you're feeling really good. You've talked to Tanya and, you know, you've had your, your session for the week and things are feeling really great. And then you leave and you go back out into the world and then something just snaps inside of you. You get into an argument with your spouse or a family member. You um, see something on social media, you know, all of these different things. And then it's like, it's kind of like this cave comes over you and your insides just kind of, you know, hover over. But, you know, you said something that's really important whenever it comes to external triggers or external um, environmental anxieties is you do have a choice. And that's really important to remember is you have two choices. You have the choice to conquer and succeed, or you have the choice to stand still and go nowhere or fail. Um, you know, some people would argue, well, you really have three, you know, you can succeed, you can go back or you can stand still. But if you're standing still, you're still not achieving what it is that you set out to achieve. Right. So, yeah. So these external triggers, you know, these environmental triggers that you have, it's good to acknowledge them and, and to sit back and say, that didn't make me feel good, <laughs> but what do I need in order to move forward with them? That's a really, really important question. So on your journey, you know, noticing these environmental triggers that were coming up for you, what are some things that you did along the way to kind of push you past the uncomfortableness that they brought up? Yeah, great question, because it's not one, it's one thing, it's a great skill to recognize what yeah. is your environmental trigger? So I love that you're asking, hey, reflect back. Look, what is causing that? And number two, find that solution. You don't have to, if you stay there, you're choosing to stay and, and deal with those triggers. I didn't want to stay there. Um, let me, let's bring um, the comparison game. That stole a lot of my joy. It made me feel bad inside. Like 
I would be proud that I did, you know, maybe I finally got up to like a minute plank and I'm like, yes, I did a minute plank. And then uh, my friend's like, yeah, I did two minutes and it was easy. And I'm like, oh, it would crush me inside. And I'm like, you know, I was so proud of myself. I just wanted to share like, hey, last week I did it like 10 seconds and now a minute, like not that I'm boasting about myself, but I'm just proud of, I'm pushing myself, I'm getting stronger. And you feel like you're open to share that with your friends because they're going to support you, right? Some, some don't. Some friends are actually more competitive than supportive. You need to know which one it is. Okay. Yeah. That term, find your tribe. Is yes, very, literally. Yeah. And in different subjects, you, a lot of times we feel like we could talk to one person about every subject. You might be blessed to find that friend. There are <laughs> people that you're like, you know what, we're going to talk, it's better to talk about politics with you than actually health. Um, <laughs> because we might agree more on there than. So, true. so yeah. my one thing with comparison game, I had a friend that just, it's like we were talking about it, but it was like, she was always one upping me and one upping me and mm. one upping me. And I felt bad about myself. Like before I talked to her, I was so proud of my journey. I'm like, I'm feeling better. My clothes are feeling better. I'm getting in my workouts, which I went from being a couch potato to going to the gym four or five times a week. And I'm like, man, she's really stealing my joy. And I thought, okay, you either continue this friendship and she continues to make you feel bad and feel like a loser and a failure or you can continue this relationship and talk about other things and not let her steal your joy which will affect your your health physically and mentally because after talking to her i'm like what's the point i can't. she keeps beating me and it's, it's just not working out so what i recommend is what helps me the most with the comparison game um don't compare avoid those conversations or there's a great button on social media called unfollow um, it doesn't mean unfriend it just you don't have to look at their stuff anymore and i cannot tell you how refreshing and it made me more involved with me because literally your health is you versus you but we don't realize that because it's all about other people no 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 it's literally can you do better than what you did yesterday can you be a better, healthier person today than you were last week? And when you have that mindset, oh my gosh, your progress is better. You're happier. You notice your wins and you grab a hold of that. And then I started sharing my progress with people who actually inspired me and motivated me. And one of them was my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time, but he was like, oh my gosh, good job. Let's see if you could do another rep. Like he would push me and inspire me. So I've learned, okay, talk to people who actually encourage you and make you challenge yourself over one-upping you and make you feel like a small, weak person. So that for me was, was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Finding your tribe. That's definitely something that's super important. You know, having that support system that's there for you that you can turn to that doesn't feel like a challenging game, like the yeah. one up in, um, yeah. that's, oh gosh, that's probably my number one is having that support system for yourself. Whenever I talk to my clients about what it is that they need, um, you know, having, having that comfortable space, that safe space for you to be able to just let it all out and be encouraged and be motivated and then conquer the world. So I love that. And I, and I always recommend and tell people, because it's helps me so much. A lot of times we category, categorize our friends in the wrong spot. Meaning we have a, a weekend friend that we can spend the whole weekend with and have a good time. We have our lunchtime friend where we can have a lunch, like an hour with them. And then we have our three minute friends where it's like, Hey, Walmart aisle three. Nice to see you. How you doing? And you just keep on walking. The problem with a lot of us right now is we're taking our three minute friends that we really shouldn't be having a deep conversation with and we're spending the weekend with them and we're miserable. Mm. So it's important to find, okay, 
Who can I talk to about certain subjects with that will encourage me? And how long should I be spending time with them? You are who you hang out with. So I'm all about, I want to be around motivating, inspiring, encouraging people yes. all weekend long. Like I want to hang, I want to live with you. You're so inspiring. No, I'm just kidding. But like, I want to just spend more time with you and talk to you on the daily because you make me a better person. Mm. And sometimes people who don't inspire us, we actually spend more time with them. And that's why we feel depressed groggy, tired, unmotivated. Um, we feel bad about ourselves and it's because we're not categorizing how much time you should actually spend with that person. And it's a little bit hard when you spent the last 10, maybe 15 years being friends with somebody yes. to move them from the weekend friend to the three minute friend. But I tell you what, if you want your joy, if you want to get over this environmental trigger, if you want to get rid of the anxiety of having those conversations with that person, you know, it's, it's kind of like, bite the bullet and, and try it for a couple of days and see what a difference it makes on your energy. You're going to be thriving. Yes. You know, and something that I think a lot of people struggle with is accepting that this is your journey. Mm -hmm. You are in control of your journey and where it is that you're going. You're not in control of what another person is doing in their life. Um, you can be an influence, but you're not in control of that. So I know a lot of times it's hard for people to you know, notice these environmental triggers that relate to people that are triggers for them. And then accepting that you're, that's not in your control. You're in control of what is in front of you. You are in control of what brings you joy, what brings you happiness, what's going to make you thrive and succeed in this world. And I know a lot of times that can be hard for people because they think, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings, or I don't want to, I don't want to upset this person. And you know, you can choose to live your best life without choosing to hurt others. Exactly. You, know, you, you can make the choice for yourself. Do I want to invest my being in with this person um, for the weekend friend? Or would I like to keep it more casual? You have that choice. You always have choices and options. Um, but it's recognizing them, of course, is the number one and then doing something about it. So I would just encourage anybody who's struggling with that comparison game or that that person that just doesn't quite give them what they need um, to acknowledge it, be thankful for them, but know that this is your journey and you're stepping forward with integrity for yourself. Um, and maybe make that your number one focus, not, not necessarily hurting their feelings. Yeah. You could do everything in a loving way if you think about it. Sure, yes, yes. Yes. And um, another solution for, like, let's talk about the food scale. Cause that was huge for me. I noticed yes. for a lot of people, um, no one told me that when you lose weight, um, you shouldn't expect to lose weight every single day. And that's kind of the expectations. And I've noticed that with a lot of clients, like they're like, Oh, I'm down and I'm down and I'm down and I'm down. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. And then the second week rolls around and then it kind of like stalls. And then I'm like, oh man, what am I doing wrong? Is there, why does it slow down? If I see that number one more time on the scale, I'm going to throw it out the window. And so that would be like a roller coaster. It's dieting is great your first week. It's week two, week three, week 30, week 50, week 70. That matters more. And so for me, I, I knew if I, I had to keep weighing myself, I knew that I can't allow this little piece of metal device on my floor dictate the rest of my day and ruin it and force me to eat uh, foods that I don't want to that and plan to just because of a number that it said. So my best solution for that, if somebody is struggling and that's one of their environmental triggers, it causes them anger alongside with anxiety. The best question I asked myself every time I stepped on the scale, yes, I still had like 
a number. Like, I'd love to see, you know, 0.3 down or, you know, 10 pounds down. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you want to see something moving. Right. Regardless of what it said, I just, I wrote it down and I kept track of it, but I always said, okay, what do I have to do today to mm. see drop tomorrow? I made a 24 hour game with myself. And I remember there was one week that it was like the same number and the same number and the same number. And I'm like, I finally learned that, wow, it's not triggering me to eat bad. It's literally another game. Okay. I got 24 more hours. What do I have to do today to see it drop tomorrow? Because it's, it's science. You, if you're in a calorie deficit, you move on purpose, you drink, you use the bathroom, you get a good night's sleep, the scale will drop. Now it might be take an extra two, three days for you to see it, but if you keep going and you don't let that environmental trigger mess up your routine, meaning splurging and eating and being lazy and not drinking water, it will go down um, on the scales time, on your body's time, not in your mind's time. And that helps me out so, so much. I'm like, okay, that 24 hours, because I'm very competitive. So I'm like, you can do anything for 24 hours. <laughs> I'm sure no one's ever recognized that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna play Uno with this girl. I watch out for Monopoly. Watch out. I am Monica. Okay. Forward yeah. trying everything. Um, <laughs> frizzy hair when I do tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, at tennis ping pong. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it um, that really helps me. And it made it more fun. I was more focused. I really was diligent with my tracking, my activity, my water. And it was like these little check marks for the day. And I just repeated that. And it never failed. I always lost weight might've taken a couple more extra days than I'd like, like week one, it's like every day, but then week two, it might be every other day. And then week three, it might be every three days. So I saw this pattern and I'm like, Hey, it might take an extra day, but Hey, you're still dropping. And that's all that matters. You're still making progress. So I, that is no longer a trigger for me. It's no longer my identity, the number on the scale. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, Hey, this is where you're at on your weight. That was really a standout sentence that you just said. This is no longer my identity. The number on the scale is not my identity. Oh my goodness, I love that so much. I relate to this personally because my journey uh, too was I lost 70 pounds and then I hit like this plateau mark. I started getting more comfortable with myself, um, feeling like, oh, I achieved something so great. And then I got lazy, you know, and then I started seeing those numbers on the scale go up and um, just decided I don't even want to look at it anymore because it's making me sad. Well, then 40 pounds higher (laughs) reality sets in and it's like, no, I don't want this anymore. Um, And then of course, thankfully, I got back to it and lost 40 pounds from there and and back to where I was, which makes me feel great. But I love that the scale is not your identity and being able to look at it as a tool and to say, this doesn't have to affect how I succeed on this day? Um, How does my body feel? How do I feel on the inside? Am I proud of where I'm at? at? Am I happy with what I have? What can I do to be better? So applause for you. The scale is not my identity. Such an important thing to remember. And people would say that all the time, like the number doesn't matter. It Mm. does. Okay. You've ever been overweight and I'm not talking about just being pregnant and overweight. That's that's yeah. two different things. That's not the same. Um, that's like a pet peeve of mine when people show before and after like pregnant and fit. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you had a baby inside you. That is not a before and after picture. <laughs> that is not, it's, it's different, but um, it, it's, it's, it's so important to know, okay, this is where I'm at right now. This is reality. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I have to stay here. 
and I can lose weight and the number can change, but that doesn't, that doesn't, this number does not identify me as a person. And it's easy for me to say that now. Um, it probably took me like six months of like stepping on the scale to really appreciate that. It could be a bit sooner, maybe like four or five months, but it wasn't a month later. Like mm -hmm. I was still irritated, annoyed with it, and like, oh my gosh, I weigh 180. You know, like I was still embarrassed and I was always fit. Like we have our identity of, I was an athlete or I was this person, I was this mm -hmm. person in high school and now I'm like, oh, I'm like 40, 50 pounds heavier or hundred, you know, whatever your number is. So we feel kind of ashamed. And so it like, it's, it's a part of our identity because of that number, but it doesn't have to be. It's, it is what it is. And I have the power I can choose to change mm. that. And it all there depends on what I do today, what I think about today, what I eat today, what I do today. So that's, that's super, super important to know. It might take you a second to not hate the scale. Yeah. But give it time and, and you won't. I had one client, she like, like you, you, you went a period of time without weighing yourself. And so did I. I went two years not weighing myself and I gained 50 pounds. That's why I'm like, weigh yourself. It's going to avoid a lot of pain if you do. Yes. Um, and she, I told her, I was like, hey, when you sign up, I do have you, when you one-on-one -on -one private coaching, I do have you weigh yourself every single day. And she's like, <gasps> and I'm like, I promise, mm -hmm. I'm going to show you how to use it as a tool. It's not going to be an emotional game anymore. A month later, she's like, Tanya, I'm going out of town for a work convention. She goes, I didn't think I was this person, but I want to take my scale with me. And I'm yes. like, yes, girl. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like thinking that's crazy. I'm like, no, you've overcome that trigger of that identifies you. And now you see it as a tool, as a game, as a, as a, a, a progress point of part of your day to check in, mm -hmm. to hold you accountable. I always tell people, my fitness pal, your weight scale and me are going to hold you accountable. Yes. And you just don't need one. Most people just have a weight scale. That's why they never lose weight or keep it off. Or they have my fitness pal. They don't really know what to eat or how much to eat in their weight scale. You need that third component. You need accountability. You need a coach to check in with you and support you and answer those questions. And she was like thriving. It was, it was so awesome to see the pain point in the beginning to now it's like, oh, I'm taking it with me. I'm like, yes, I've been there. I get it. Mm, yes. Oh, I love this so much. Yeah. You know, and also something that I'm hearing with that and with her is recognizing these triggers, but then, like we said, making the choice to be better and to do better and to taking it with her to a conference. You know, a lot of people would look at that and say, that's very odd. Why, why would you, but it's something that helped her, that made her thrive, that made her achieve what she wants. So, Hey, if it makes you feel good. Take the scale, take the scale to the conference and be successful. I love that so much. And my final thing was the gym. That's a, mm -hmm. that's a huge trigger. A I have a lot of people who are like, I don't want to sign up for the gym. I'm scared. And I'm like, oh, trust me, I have been there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know it was an area where it pushes me more and I have more equipment. And it, I'm a person that I work, actually work out better outside of my house because um, it forced me to get out because you're paying for it. So you're like, oh, I ain't wasting my money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get it done there. Um, but I knew, and I may be weird when I say this, but I don't ever, I don't want to live my life not conquering my fear um, because I know if I allow that fear to settle in, I'm allowing different other fears to settle in. And I go, I don't wanna live my life that way. And I'm like, it's the gym. It's not like I'm going into war. It's the gym, Tanya, you can do it. And yeah. I, I, I cheered myself up, but I'm like, you know what? 
anytime you start something the first time it's scary it's intimidating you feel out of place like going to school your first day i'm sure everyone remembers the first day of like kindergarten like it's traumatizing mm -hmm. or first time driving a car or getting in the water without your floaties like it's scary but we still did it as kids right like you still did it um and i go even as a, an adult you got to force yourself because you know at the very end it's good for you mm. um what helps me the most is having a plan and when you have a plan you have like your your blindfolds on of okay this is what i'm just focusing on i'm focusing on this machine 10 reps four times and then you mark that off and then you go to the next machine and you do that and so that helps me out a lot having a plan because all of a sudden I could care less what other people were doing because I had my checkpoint. Okay, you go to this machine, you do these weights, you do the treadmill for this amount of time. And before I knew it, I walked out and I'm like, wow, that was easy. Whereas before I'll go to the gym, uh, maybe I'll do this, uh, maybe I'll do this, uh, is that good enough? Like I was uncertain and there's nothing worse than being in uncertainty. It's, it's yes. our, uh, human six human needs and uh, we need certainty in our lives. But when it comes to the gym, most people are, uncertain and that's why we feel comfortable and that's why we don't go that's why we don't sign up but if you go to the certainty of this is what i'm doing how much i'm doing you feel better and i gave myself a month not a day not one workout not three not seven you're gonna go there for four weeks four weeks you're gonna commit to it and after that fourth week i'm like wow i'm getting stronger i can hold a plank longer i can do more push-ups I actually know what all the machines are called. I no longer have to like sit there on YouTube, like how to do this exercise, you know, the form. And I gained so much confidence. And so one, my fear was gone. My trigger was gone. Um, and I felt better. I felt stronger. I overcome my fear. And that forced me to just grow mentally and physically because I did that. And it's so rewarding to recognize the trigger and know that like, okay, you can do this and be your own yeah. creator. Like you, you can do this. You, you have what it takes. If you can graduate high school, if you can drive a car, you can go to the gym for 30 minutes and survive. You can yeah. do it, Tanya. Like I had to like simplify it. Like you, you can do it. And this time, like I moved to Tulsa, I was going to massage school and I'm like, you did this huge change in your life. You can join the gym for $10, Planet Fitness, and you can work out. But what helps you the most is having that coach for accountability and having a plan of what mm. to do. And the longer you're in the gym, I even had a client, I've been working with her for three months. She goes, Tanya, I gotta tell you, my win for the week is I actually feel like I'm a part of the gym. Like it's a part of my life now. It's like going into Walmart. Walmart, it's like home, right? Like you go there so much, you're just, you're, you're, you feel at home. You know where everything's at. You see the people. <laughs> People actually think you work there because you go there so often. Um, but she felt that way at the gym. And she's like, I, it's like my second home. I feel comfortable. I'm like, good job. Yeah. Through the first three months that you keep going, you're down 20 pounds. You feel awesome. You can push in yourself at the gym. It just takes us a little bit longer to get comfortable with something. But most of us never reach, you know, the promised land because we give up too short. And then we're just around that mountain. 40 more years instead of just keep going, trust it. You're going to be okay. And ah, um, it's going to be fine. Like it's not, you yeah. can't overcome it. Yeah. You know, like you said, the gym is a huge thing for a lot of people and having that plan is fantastic accountability partner, but also for anybody with environmental triggers, no matter where they might be around you, they, they, 
they set fear inside of you. You know, you're talking about fear there. And I would encourage people to think fear stands for false emotions appearing real. False emotions appearing real, and you are so capable of conquering more. Something that I like to think about that helps me is I imagine <laughs> this bubble around me, you know, that uncomfortable, out of your comfort zone bubble. And then the more that you stretch and you push that bubble further and further away, you don't let that fear take hold of your life, take hold of the goals that you want, going to the gym, stepping on the scale, you know, all of these things. Once you push that bubble further and further out, it becomes your comfort zone. Uh -huh. you, know, you become more comfortable with all of the things that you want to achieve. So I would, I'm a very visual person. So the idea of picturing that, that bubble of comfort around me and then stretching it further and further, um, all of those things that are scary become comfortable and the things that were triggers for you aren't really triggers for you anymore because you've aligned your bot, excuse me, you've aligned your mind with your body and you're allowing yourself to grow and you're allowing yourself to accept and you're allowing yourself to conquer and take over the world, your world, and to accept this journey for yourself. So, wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's some pretty powerful stuff. So I just want everyone to know that environmental triggers are normal. Yes. Very. You need to know what they are, what triggers you, what steals your joy, what's sucks your energy out um, and be able to overcome it and think of other solutions and and ways to to move past it because if yeah. you move past it you will become a better person you'll feel happier and healthier so we have a couple of questions that we gonna challenge you to do so yes. get your pen and paper out this is your homework for the week it's so beneficial if you take the time to think about this and write it down okay not just now just maybe later, do it. You're gonna, I promise you're gonna thank us later, okay? Um, we can't grow if we don't reflect and, and come up with better solutions because otherwise we're just gonna keep doing the same thing over and over again and we need mm -hmm. to break those cycles. We need to pop that bubble that expands so much that it's not just an open room. We're not even in a bubble anymore. Oh, bubble's gone. Pop, bubble's gone. Um, so before we start with questions, I want to start off with something positive before we think of like, great, another thing to work on myself. So what I want to ask is, well, Ashton, I'll have you ask the first question. Well, I actually have a little bit of a challenge to, to, for them as well, along with our questions. So my challenge for you is to, for those listening, is to take some time for yourself and go stand in front of a mirror and just look at yourself. Um, you know, it's really easy for us to see our flaws. It's, and sometimes the mirror is a trigger for somebody looking at themselves. I've, I've had people who have said that they purposefully would not look at their reflection because it made them so angry and sad. So my challenge for people is to find a mirror and stand there, be there with yourself, fully present with yourself and look at yourself. And instead of looking for the flaws and the things that you don't like, look at yourself and see the beauty. What do you love about your body? What do you love about what you see? What do you love about your inner being? What are the beautiful things that you have? Is it your smile? Is it your skin? Is it that you can walk into a room and bring joy with you? What is it about yourself that you love? And I challenge people to find the perfections. Um, and to focus more on that instead of our flaws, because ultimately, whenever we see our beauty and we see what we have to offer, it makes us stronger. It makes you more confident. You put your shoulders back and you, and 
that is, yeah, that's going to help you overcome these triggers outside, um, these triggers of judgment, these triggers of whatever it may be for you. I challenge people to just see them for them, for who they are, um, and know that you can still work on things for yourself. You can still advance. And just because you like where you are now, let's be even better, you know, or if you don't like where you are, let's be even better. There's always room to grow. So that is one challenge for people. And then another challenge is if you have some me time, you know, the questions you were talking about, for those listening, this is probably their me time because life is busy. You know, you got right. moms, you got, you got people who are working. I understand this is your me time. So my challenge for you right now is to take just a few seconds and say, what environmental triggers are holding me back? Acknowledge what those triggers are for you. Not, is it going to hurt someone's feelings, but for me, wholesomely me, what environmental triggers are holding me back mm -hmm. from accomplishing the things that I want, my weight, weight loss goals? Now, what do you need in order to get rid of these triggers, to move past them? It could be um, separating yourself from certain people. It could be having a mantra for yourself before you go to wherever it is that is a trigger for you. It can be a an endless list of things, but mm -hmm. what do you need? Acknowledge it, be present with it, and accept it. And know that that's like flexing a muscle in and of itself. You, you know, flexing your mind, flexing that um, uncomfortable feeling to where it's not uncomfortable anymore. Yeah, I love that. Drop these questions down, replay it, pause it, think about it. It's yeah. such a game changer. You're going to feel so much happier and like lighter when you take the time to reflect and be like, man, what is triggering me to eat this way? Or I don't want to work out like what is causing this? What fear, anxiety, what, what mindset is holding me back? And if you need to just start with three, Hey, what are my top three environmental triggers? Mm. And then across from it saying, Hey, what are, what are two or three solutions for this that I need to do? Cause I know a lot of us might have like a hundred triggers. So let's just start with three. Let's just start, start with small. Start small. And, and just remember that, like we said, you decide. You decide if you want to change and get better. Um, and change is sometimes scary. So if you ever need accountability, that's what we're here for. We're here to walk you through it and talk you through it. Sometimes it's good just to voice it out and bounce back ideas. Uh, just know that we're, we're always, always here for you. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you, Ashton, for being on here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I loved uh, just breaking it down, just letting know I have so many people are like, is this normal? Is this, <laughs> is this normal? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's super normal. But know that you don't have to stay here, that you can overcome these these triggers or the, the emotions that come with, uh, that's nutrition, emotions, fitness, water. Uh, personal life, relationships, social media, it's all normal. We all have our own thing. Yeah. You don't have to stay there. There are other options. And so you can choose to conquer it or you can choose to be defeated. So you get to decide on which one you, you want. Are, you are in charge of your own journey. Yep. And that's, that's a pretty powerful thing. Yep. Very powerful. And just know that you can decide today. Yes, if you want to make right it better or, or not, don't wait till Monday. Don't wait. I, 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 I don't understand how I used to think 
and accept that like, oh, I'll just wait till Monday. I'm like, why would I wait four days oh, and be yeah. miserable when I can be happy in the next five minutes? And it's because nobody taught me. Nobody showed me like, no, Tanya, you don't have to be miserable. What's with this? Monday's just a day. It's every day is a new day. Like literally the world doesn't know if it's Monday or Saturday. We put labels on it, but literally enjoying everyday life. Knowing that yeah. you have the power to do that because life is short and we need to learn to overcome some of the triggers and, and problems we have. So we hope that that was helpful. Mm -hmm. Write down those questions, answer them, and notice how much better and more freeing your life will be when yes. you start taking action. Um, if anybody is wondering, well, you guys talked about coaching. How do we sign up with that? Or how do we get more information? Reach out and we will give you more information. Info at core1031fit.com. And uh, whether you need mindset and motivational coaching or you need nutrition coaching, we will be here um, you know, to help and support you because that's what we care about. We want to help you. Okay. Um, so thank you all for listening, for tuning in, and we will see and talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.